Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Welcome, everyone, to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I've got a guest here with me today that I think is going to be an incredible addition to the show. We're going to have a fun conversation, I think, today on the show. Uh, Melanie, Melanie Spring, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. <laughs> so I like to start off in the same place with all my guests and that has been making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? The dreaded question, I think, for everybody on the planet, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm a brand strategist. I'm an expert in brand strategy and I've been working with businesses for a really long time on brand strategy, but I pivoted five years ago from my strategy agency to being a full-time public speaker and personal brand strategist. Okay. So you had the agency and you lived the agency life. And then as yep. many entrepreneurs do, you realize that's a lot of work. You want to focus on the things that you're really passionate about. And so now you're doing speaking and kind of like, so is it, is, is the brand strategy you do, is it still like a done for you service, like an agency or is it more consulting? No, I'm more of, some people think of it as a coaching, but it's not for me coaching. It's more guiding and strategizing and consulting for humans who believe that they have greatness in them. So they're typically heading towards celebrity in some way. So I'm a speaker trainer. I'm their brand strategist. I'm basically like a business coach to them, helping them get to where they want to be. Okay. And so you're helping people with their personal brands, I guess you could say, as mm -hmm. they get closer to, you said celebrity status. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. And it's usually a celebrity in their industry. So right. you want to take over a specific industry or be well known for something. I'm the person to help with that. Okay. And so branding, were you doing, so you had the agency and then you have this, were you doing anything before that? Or have you been an entrepreneur for like pretty much your whole life? I started my first business in college on accident. I was a webmaster for the school and people in town called and asked who does the website for the college. And I started a business accidentally, but I actually went into sales and then marketing and recruiting after college and then lost my job in 2008 when the market was crashing, 2009, and started my branding agency. Okay. And that's pretty exciting that you're able to turn that around and really, you know, find your success with that. So... That's yeah. very exciting. And what the, you know, I mean, sales and marketing is pretty much what, you know, every business is based on, you know what I mean? And branding too. And recruiting. I mean, being able to look back and think, oh, all of that was helpful <laughs> to what I do now. <laughs> it didn't seem like it at the time, but it seemed like a really good fit for who I am and what I do now. Right. Okay, nice. And so what, what made you decide you wanted to focus on the branding? 
Well, focus on the speaking more than anything. I mean, I think the branding piece of it, I ran away from for the first few years of being a full-time speaker. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a, what was it that I called it? A previous brand strategist. (laughs) So I used to say I used to do it. And then it started coming back as like a, but this is who I really am. And this is what I live and breathe. So why not talk about it and do it and work on it? Even though I'm teaching people how to speak, I'm teaching them how to speak from who they really are. And that's the biggest thing that drives me is helping people be more of who they really are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's incredible. So the speaking then tell me about what you focus on when you speak. When you're up on stage, what do you typically talk about? Well, over the years, I mean, I've been full-time speaker for five years and speaking for the last 10 to 12 years. And I used to teach people about branding when I had my agency because obvious, easy way to get clients. And then I would teach people about pitching because sales and marketing, you have to know how to pitch yourself. And then I would also talk about rocking your life, which was for a long time, one of my favorite talks to give. And when I became a full-time speaker, I started really just getting into focusing on how to help people rock their lives. And so that kind of led me to being a person who has now a book coming out and uh, focus on fully just helping people get lit, which is what my talk is about. (laughs) Okay, nice. So tell me about the book. Well, thankfully, we're recording this the day before I announce it. So (laughs) there's that. (laughs) So by the time this comes out, it'll be an actual thing in the world. But it's called Brilliant Rebel. And it's a spirited guide to firing up your biggest life. And it's basically like taking all of the 101 self-development books and up-leveling it to like a master's class. It's got 36 exercises in it. It's tons of stories from my life and other people's celebrity lives, people I know, speakers I've worked with, and really going deep into how can you step into your brilliance and understand that you can't keep playing safe because it's keeping you small. So knowing that you have to get out there and share your message or you can die with it. That's totally fine. Most people are doing that. But what if you really were able to do the thing you've always wanted to do? Right. Okay. I think that's incredible. And I know oftentimes as coaches, we teach what we most need to learn. Mm -hmm. Did you find yourself historically struggling with kind of keeping that message inside and like (laughs) and, and playing it safe and all that fun stuff? Yeah. Even in the announcement I'm going to be posting, I said specifically, my fear has been with me the whole time and I had to keep feeling it going, thank you for keeping me safe, but it's keeping me small. So I'm going to feel it. Thank it for being there because it's helpful and I'm doing it anyway. So I put my heart and soul into the first draft of it. I'm in the editing process now and I'm really excited about it coming out in May of 2023. So not an easy thing to do, but all of basically all my stories in the book are about how I continued to find myself, continued to be more me, continued to fine tune it and get better at it. And also sharing everybody else's stories of the same thing, struggling with figuring out who we are and how we are is literally a lifelong journey. So we're not done ever until we decide we're done. And then we just don't keep growing. Right. That's incredible. I I love the journey from you know, agency owner to now helping people with this, right? Because mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's probably, probably feels more fulfilling now than the agency work did having, you know, doing this because this is the kind of work that really, really changes lives. Yeah. And I think the agency work helped me solidify how to help people move forward in it in a way that helps them have a container and a frame 
for this, I was, I was sharing that everyone has an idea of what they want their big picture to look like. The problem is, is most of us have a blank canvas and we're like, but I could go anywhere. Maybe I just don't go anywhere. And having someone actually hold the frame for us so that we can paint on this canvas allows us to have that frame of reference of where to go because we have someone guiding us and allowing us to fully go outside the lines and go all over the place if we want to. But knowing that it's our picture that we get to create and it doesn't have to look like anyone else's. Right. And that's the thing. I feel like a lot of people don't really kind of internalize this that like, I mean, it's your life, right? You could do whatever you want to do. But most people do what everyone else tells them to do. Like, well, you should do this and you should do that. And oh, now you have a kid. So you have to do this. And now you have a degree and you have to do this. And now you have a job. So you have to do this or a mortgage or any list of things. And you get to decide. You could change at any moment if you want to. Right. I think, and I love that you uh, said that because that's true. I mean, I think everyone, me included, has definitely suffered from people, you know, shooting all over me like yeah, that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's difficult to get past it, especially because, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was in high school and I only had one person in my audience. A lot of my audience knows this. I only had one person who encouraged me to be an entrepreneur, and that was my mom, my mother, who mm-hmm. was an entrepreneur for my entire life, right? And, you know, one way or, you know, one way or another. And, but like the fact that everyone else, I mean, you know, peers in, in, in high school and college, uh, teachers or other authority figures, um, like it, it was always like, oh, you should, you know, get the degree. Mm-hmm. And then get the job. And yeah. This oh the business thing, the podcasting is that that's not you know that's not real. Yeah. That's not a real thing. It's Why a would fun you do that? Like hobby thing, that's but like cute. your full time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. and I tried it. I tried. I was at a. Uh, I, I I I worked at Starbucks for mm-hmm. one month before I quit because I hated it. Because it's like, well, okay. There came a point after that where I was like, okay, I don't care if the entire world screams at me. I shouldn't do this. If I'm an entrepreneur, I can work in my pajamas from home. Yes. So, like, okay. I'm, I don't care if everyone is screaming at me, this is stupid, you're stupid, this can never work. I do not care because yeah. I, my, my, I, I don't know if laziness is the right word, but my like hatred of having to like put on a uniform and go somewhere. At a time yeah. someone you know tells me to you know go there at like my, my my hatred of that was stronger than my fear of like oh what would people think and right fun stuff and the thing is is like most people who built a really big business didn't build it because someone gave it to them they built it because they had an idea and they were like i'm gonna work my face off to make this work But I also realized just how much so many people are just like, yeah, but if you work for yourself, you have to work harder. And I did for a long time until I realized I'm like, but what if I did this from ease and flow instead of hustle and grind? What if I got to just like enjoy my life every single day and I didn't have a boss to tell me what to do. I had incredible clients, an incredible team and all of the people that like love me. That feels like way more fun. And There are people who are made to be in the corporate workspace. There are people who need to have a boss. There are people who need to be in a space of being led 
And there are other people like us who are like, are you kidding? I'm the worst possible employee you could hire. Like, please don't hire me. Like, I will not do what you want me to do. You will be chasing me every day, all day. Like, we're doing everyone else a good service by not getting a job. (laughs) That, I've had the exact same thought. I've heard friends, like friends in my personal life who are related to business who I grew up with who are, you know, they're getting jobs and stuff. I'm 24 right now. So, you know. Most of my, like, you know, peers, or at least, you know, personal life uh, peers are, you know, beginning kind of the, their job right. in the corporate world. And the things they're talking about jobs, I'm like, I don't like say this out loud really, because I pretty much keep it separate because no one understands really what right. I do. Right. But like, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh my God, I would not react that way. Like, you know, people be like, oh, they, they, they uh, made, you know, they made me come in on my day off. And I was like, what do you mean, made you? Did they show up with a gun That's or something? A for like, me. if Thank I was, you. if I was working at some job and it was my day off and I saw they were calling me, I just wouldn't answer. Put an answer. Or if they, you Would know, you in an emergency room, is someone dying? Yeah, right. I'd be like, I wouldn't answer, or I'd answer and be like, how much overtime am I getting? You know what I mean, or something like that. Right. But like, it's my day off, bro. I'm not going. No, yet. absolutely not. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So that's, I definitely agree. I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, there's nothing. No, wrong. everybody has their space. Exactly. Everyone is supposed to be in the job that they're needing to be in. We're all right where we're supposed to be, but. I'm kind of like you where my, my entire family, grandparents, aunts and uncles, all of my siblings and my parents are all entrepreneurs. So when I decided to get a job out of college, even though I had my own business, my dad literally said to me, how could you work for the man? And I'm like, I'm working for one dude. Like he's an entrepreneur. Are you kidding me? Like, I just want to get real world experience after college because I've only worked for myself. I'd like to know what it feels like to go do that, which very clearly I'm supposed to work for myself. But at the same time, I had so many cool jobs along the way that allowed me to be an entrepreneur in an organization, even a Fortune 500 company, because I had incredible bosses who allowed me to be that, which taught me more that I was able to take into my job so I didn't ruin my company and ruin my employees. (laughs) I still made a ton of mistakes, but I got to learn at someone else's expense for a long time instead. So you can have it either direction. Yeah. I mean, hey, there you go. It's it's true. You don't have to have purely one or the other. But hey, I mean, for me, I did, you know, a month at Starbucks and I did a couple months at my dad. My dad worked at like a tax accounting firm and I did like some front desk work. So then yeah. that's where I got my like put on the nice shirt, and the nice pants, yeah. go to the office, you know, nine to five. And I was like, you're like, not me. Yeah, this sucks. No, thanks. Sorry. Dad. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Bye. I, I had a woman at a, a banking conference recently walk up to me and she said, I have to leave before you finish, but I just want to tell you, thank you so much for wearing your tattoos and a short sleeve shirt. I really appreciate you. And I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, I, li- I work in the banking industry. I'm a woman in the banking industry and I have tattoos and I have to keep them covered. Thank you for showing us that we can still be professional and do this kind of work with our tattoos out. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing for you, but... I understand. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean that that's that's another reason why I am an entrepreneur as well because I just I I I can't live in a reality where someone tells me how to dress, what to yeah. look like. Like if I were to get, you know, I don't have any tattoos right now, but it's something I'd love to have at some point in the not too distant future. I'll, I'll tell you, wait till you're 30, then you'll know exactly what you want. And then it'll feel yeah, really there we go. That's, yeah. It works for me. It works my for only me. suggestion, 
your brain will understand what you want by 30. So Right, right, right. Hey, I understand. That's the reason I don't have any yet, right? Yeah. Because it's like, well, I mean, what all like the older people say is super true. It'll be on you forever. Like, yeah, but there's yeah, old I mean, ladies walking down the beach all the time with brand new tattoos because they didn't get them younger and they wanted them anyway. So they're finally getting them. I'm like, I, I can it. have mine longer and enjoy it. Thanks. Hell yeah. <laughs> but like that's, I could never live in reality where someone told me what to wear or what to look like. Like I cover, if someone told me to cover my tattoos, I'd be like, who, oh. who, who the hell are you to tell me to put, what do you mean? Like, yeah, but it's I'm, also, I think, the difference between growing up in a world where there's so much more inclusion in that kind of way. Yeah. Like, now, I grew up where you had to wear, I had to wear tights to work. Like, I had to wear actual, like, nylons and tights. I couldn't have bare legs at work. Like, oh, wow. most people now don't know that that was even a thing. And I'm not even 42. So, it's like, I'm not that much older than you. But at the same time, it's like, that was a very different era in my 20s, having to wear <laughs> nylons and closed-toed shoes and cover my shoulders and, like, have my hair a certain length, which, like, holy crap, I can't believe that I was told to do that in corporate America. I could never fit in there now. But oh, yeah. thankfully, my look is like, oh, you're really cool. And I'm like, great. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to have people say, like, well, how could you do that? That's not your problem anymore. Right? Oh, that's incredible. And I definitely know. It's like I know logically that that's what, how things have been for a lot, you know, for for a long time and and still today in some places. Oh, there's definitely still. Yeah. I definitely think there's, I mean, having a dress code is one thing, but like, you know, so I get it. Like, you know, maybe if you have a nice office job, you don't, maybe you can't really show up in jeans and flip flops, right? I guess that makes sense. But like, At the same time, I think, though, having a hair at a certain length Mm -hmm. is something completely different. Well, it's like like piercings were for a while or a certain amount of makeup or a certain style or whatever. And I think that that's the biggest part about personal brand, even going back to what we were talking about before with the personal brand is how can you express yourself in a place where everything is in a box? You're told how to dress, what to do, all of that. You can still do that. Even if you have to wear a uniform every day, even if you have to do certain things in order to fit in. There's always a way to stand out. It's like people who wear black suits, like you have to wear a black suit. Okay, well, put on red heels if you're a lady. Do a hot red lipstick. Do funky earrings. Have a funky hairstyle. Do your makeup differently. Wear a certain bracelet or a certain necklace or just something that gives you like your nails even. I mean, women have a lot more fun with this than guys can, but even for guys, like wear a funky t-shirt under a black jacket and you're still in but it gives you that little bit of you that can go with your style. So you're not having to stick to exactly what everyone else is doing. Cause who really wants to fit in anymore? Yeah, nobody. Right? nobody. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you understand it. I love that you're highlighting that and hope that can inspire people to really go out there and be themselves yeah. in that way. But there's something else I, I, I remember of what you said earlier that I really want to highlight and touch on. And that's when, you realized that you could be working. I forget exactly how you phrased it, but it was like you could work in like flow and ease instead of hustle Mm -hmm. and grind. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. For most of my career, I've, I've been somebody who's like, you have to hustle hard, stay humble. Because like hustle your face off. You got to get it. If you're not going to get it, like got to get up early, got to get it, you know, like go, 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 go. And it wasn't until I had a coach who a couple of years ago during the pandemic, when everything disappeared, because I was a full-time speaker when the pandemic happened. Oh, wow. Full-time speaker and retreat leader, all mm. in-person stuff. 
great. Disappeared in a week. Yeah. And so I had to really take a look at what was I going to do moving forward? And did I have to do as much as I was doing or could I do it differently? And so by the time she started working with me, I realized that I had been pushing and pushing and pushing, which is what most entrepreneurs do. We think entrepreneur, we think hustle. Yeah. You have to hustle if you're an entrepreneur. If you're and not it's working like, 20 hours a day. You're going on on a Friday night. You're a failure, right? Right. Exactly. Like you have to be a hundred percent in all the time. And it's like, wow, how have we, why have we done that to ourselves? Why have we, why have we quit our 40 hour a week jobs to work so stinking hard for ourselves? And we take it as a badge of honor. Like, nope, I worked 90 hours last week. It's like, hi, did you sleep? Why, why would you do that to yourself? And so when I finally learned that I didn't have to push so hard, that I could be in a space of ex- like energy exchange instead of push, 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 I was actually getting the same energy exchange in return for all of my pushing. Like the clients I had, the people I worked with are like, go, 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 harder, harder, harder. And it's like, I don't want to live that life. I want to live with quiet and ease. I mean, I moved to Florida to this teeny little town where the energy is quieter because I don't have to hustle so hard. I don't have to push like they did in DC or in Denver. And it just, it felt so much easier, so much quieter. And so when I learned that I could have more of a life of being and creating a space to bring in the energy that I really wanted instead of pushing to get the energy. Like I have to go get clients. No, I actually can like let the clients come to me. I can create a space of allowing that to happen. And it once I realized it was such a beautiful energy exchange, instead of I have to go get them and try hard, it just flowed so much easier and allowed me to sink into who I really am instead. Right. I, I love that because I very much understand it. It's, it's, it's so funny. I, I see it like we all see it so much, right? It's like mm-hmm. you quit the 40 hour a week job and give yourself a 90 hour a week job. Like what, what the hell? Why? That's what it pretty much is at that point, a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like the whole point is that you kind of, you're working on the business instead of in it and you work to live, you don't live to work. But usually for right. people it's the opposite. And I think... And, and like you said, too, it's like it's kind of like a badge of honor. But usually if you're working 90 hours in the business, you're doing something wrong, as right. in you're not outsourcing. So if you have to if you have to do pretty much everything in the business, then of course you're going to be working 90 hours. I mean, if I had to do everything in my business, I'd probably never sleep or right. be able to go out or anything. But it's like, no, if there's pretty much anything besides hosting my podcast like I'm doing right now, which I very much enjoy doing, I either have already outsourced or plan to soon outsource. I the, the the goal is to just outsource myself out of a job. I mean, that is like, that's the dream. And I thought, I kind of thought for a while, because I've been that way for a long time, because I think I've kind of mentioned this before, but like, I, I'm naturally lazy. Honestly, I'm just going to say it, right? I'm just kind of lazy. And this nothing, I mean, obviously it hasn't stopped me from creating a business and it's nothing, like I work and I put in the work, but at the same time, it's like, I very much enjoy waking up when I want, working out when I want, doing stuff when I want, and, and going out with friends, all that fun stuff. And so I, I've, I've always been kind of like, I'll outsource as soon as I possibly can. But there's a lot of, a lot of the messaging out there for entrepreneurs is that you need to do it, it all, right? You need mm. to, if, you're, if you're going out on a Friday, 
for a Saturday, then you're not putting in the work and you're destined to failure, right? And I, that definitely kind of impacted me for a while, especially as a young kid trying to do this. Yeah, I bet. When you see all that messaging, right, then it's like, oh, God, maybe I, I am going to be a failure, right? But it's like, no, no, if anything, that's going to keep you from your goals longer if you don't outsource and if you don't work on your business instead of in it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you agree with all of that or if your, your <laughs> journey was similar, but that's kind of outsourcing is just the, the, the dream, you know? Well, and for me, I don't think... I don't think outsourcing for me, and I think outsourcing is really awesome for specific kinds of businesses. And there's a lot of things that all of us can outsource. Like I have a director of all the things we're about to hire an executive assistant. Like I outsource a lot of things that I don't need to be doing. But what I realized is when I was in my core, perfect, this is me and I get to do this. I realized that I could create a business that wasn't something I had to outsource, but it was something that I could scale in a way that wasn't needing more people. It could, it needs more people as in like, I need an assistant. I need to have a person running events. I have to make sure like we just hired an events person because we have eight events already next year. And I can't do that on my own. Are you kidding? Right. But knowing that I'm doing the work I have to be doing, And because of the fact that I know I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing, that adds ease and flow right there automatically, regardless of the team. And then as I start scaling and building, I can outsource all of that stuff to them to let them do the pieces I don't need to be doing. But most of it has to do with how do I stay in alignment all the time with the type of business I want to be running, with the humans I want to be in. And all of that's intuitive. That's the that's the hardest part about learning how to be an entrepreneur is knowing when to hand things off and two, knowing who to allow as a client. And once I finally understood the perfect clients are only the right intuitive hits for me, I'm good. But even recently I had someone quit and I was just like, I knew the day she asked me, she convinced me to work together. And I was like, no. This is not a good fit. And even my director of all the things was like, I don't like this idea. And I'm like, I know, but she really wants to do it. And he's like, mm, okay. And then a month later she quit. And I was like, knew it. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. And it's the continued reminder of my intuition is sick AF. And how do I like really stick to that and just like hold true to that? And as I do, I'm starting to do the talk that I want to do and the book that I want to write and the work I want to be doing and the retreats we want to be doing. It's like over and over and over, the more things that I get into alignment with and get into flow with, the more shows up in an even bigger and better way. And that's what's scaling. It's not just the like, get rid of as much as possible. It's also, it's the both and. It's the, how do I make sure that I'm in alignment at all times, no matter what? which is a constant shifting, always shifting. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think that is incredible. And that's just something I really wanted to highlight because I I love kind of breaking down the, that kind of the, the fake belief, right? That a lot of other entrepreneurs have kind of perpetrated in the, in, in the world of entrepreneurship that you have to work, you know, a thousand hours a week to succeed. You have oh. to do that. And it's like, no, that's, that's, that is not true. And so I try to take every opportunity I can to show people like, no, you don't have to do that. You can actually live life because that's for me. I mean, I, 
I love my business. I love what I do. I love podcasting, but like, it's not my life. You know, mm-hmm. my life is my life. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like I, I live my life outside and inside of my business. My business is a very important part of my life, but it isn't everything. And right. for a lot of entrepreneurs that, that share like, the, oh, you have to work like, you know, a thousand hours a week. Sometimes, and I've seen it sometimes where they'll, 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 for like, you know, social media content, they'll do a post where they kind of outline their daily routine. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, hold on. Awful. You wake up at like 4 a.m., uh, you write in a journal, you work out, you, you work, you work out again, you work more, you spend like an hour with your family, and then you go to sleep at like 11 p.m. and then wake right. up at 4 a.m. again the next day. It's like, is that? It sounds like a burnout. That, that's what it yeah, is. Right? Burnout. And that's like Sunday to Monday. Like that's yeah. seven days a week where they're doing this. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> How is this sustainable? Like, what are you doing? Right. There's a quote that I, I actually based my book on that I love because it shows a different way of having to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I stopped waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel and I lit that bitch myself. Yeah, and the go. whole premise of this book is about getting lit that way, specifically because of the fact that most of us are doing exactly that. Like, wake up at four, trudge through the tunnel, got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, someday I'm going to sell it. Someday I'm going to get to the end. Someday we're going to finally whatever, whatever the fill in the blank is. But they're not lighting the fire for themselves because if they don't do that, they don't light it for their clients. They don't light it for their employees. They don't light it for anyone else. They're just purely heading toward burnout. So they light themselves on fire instead of having a fire that can show them the way. And so I think that's the biggest shift between the two things is really, truly going, I'm about to get lit. Are you ready to go with me? Let's do this together. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. I think that is incredible. And I'm very excited for the release of your book because it sounds like there's going to be a lot of really, really good insights in there. But Melanie, I think we could talk about all of this for hours, but I want to make sure I respect your time and the time of our listeners. So I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast as such an amazing guest. And if people are interested in you and the book and what you do, your events, all that fun stuff, where can they find you online? They can Google Melanie Spring or just go to confidencia.com, which is C-O-N-F-I-D-A-N-C-I-A.com. Perfect. And that's where people can see more about your book and events and everything? By the time this comes out, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. That, that makes it easy. That makes it easy. And I highly encourage everyone listening to go check that out, especially because it's very exciting that, you know, events are, are pretty much back everywhere and have been for some time now, which is very, very exciting. And so uh, hopefully that's all a big success. And again, Melanie, thank you so much for being such uh, an awesome guest on the show today. Thanks for having me, Evan. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.